and welcome back to the Field of Design podcast for your news, stories and nonsense from the sports apparel and sports creative industry. My name is Mason Charrington and with me this week is Nick Bassett. Keep a straight face, mate. Okay. <laughs> How are we doing? Just, How's your uh, week? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, good, mate. Bloody hot. It says good warm. Brisbane's back. Summer has just snuck up and I'm feeling it already. Gonna need to get aircon in this. Working from home swim at lunch today. It was pretty nice. Oh, lunch break swim. Mate, this working from home business is um pretty easy, yeah. (laughs) Just work did you just work in your swimmers? Just come back afterwards sitting in your boardies or your DTs and just tap it down. That might might, uh that might dodgy up the leather, you know? The chair here. That pristine office chair that you've got. Leather's not gonna be good for the summer though, eh? No. Already noticing it. No, standing desk. That's the way to go. <laughs> no chair is a good chair. No chair. Hey, we got a big episode actually. Um, big episode today. Uh, in summary, we're quickly scoping through the NBA city jerseys that were dropped. Media team is on point at Carolina. Nike is doubling down on the virtual world. French hats take center stage for Paris. Uh, more voting for designs, but this time, is it a good, good result? Um, big cat changes spots, Nick, but is it enough? Titans drop home 23, and then we're talking World Cup fever, baby, with uh, doing a retrospective of some of the previous FIFA World Cup logos. If you would like to get, uh, if you would like to keep up with the visual references in today's show, you can a few different ways. You can follow the link in the podcast app's episode description. Follow the episode blog on our website, which will be coming soon if you're listening in the new year. Follow along with the episode highlights via our Instagram at Field of Design Podcast, or you can check out our major talking points via the Instagram page, uh, and also. Um, we do post on the stories the day of drop, but yeah, if you head to the home page of Instagram, you can um, click the highlights button, the little circles above the the feed there. If we have missed anything and f- and do feel the need to tell us, um, or you do just simply want to get in touch, you can through our Instagram or via our email address at fieldofdesignpodcast at gmail dot com. Okay, Nick. Yeah. Let's go. This is this is from NBA.com. The NBA and Nike unveiled the 2022-23 Nike NBA City Edition uniforms, which represent the stories, history, and heritage that make each franchise unique, honoring the inherent bond between court, community, and culture. There are a lot of teams, and we have a big episode. So <laughs> Uh, links will be in there if you want to go and jump through and have a look at all of them. But give us your quick highlights at a top level, my friend. Uh, yeah, the city jerseys are always pretty awesome, aren't they? Um, I feel probably the last year or two they've been lacking a little bit. Um, this year's probably one of those years. Uh, but Houston and the Phoenix Suns sort of jump out to me. Houston bringing back one of their retro sort of 90s jerseys. Uh, it's got that space vibe, which always looks cool on them. Uh, and then I don't think I've ever seen the Suns in that sort of cyan blue color. Um, and then they've just used the Paul Sun logo on the front rather than the full logo, which which is a cool change. Mm. Yeah, for me, probably my favorite is the Warriors 
um, just visually without looking through any of the reasoning behind any of the uh, work that's been done. I'm liking that black and gold warriors look there. We spoke about the Washington one, I think, earlier in the year. Um, I, don't, I don't mind that one. Um, probably, yeah, not my favorite, but it, it is standing out to me. The baseball team definitely got the better end of the collaboration, didn't they? For sure, absolutely. And I like the concept of Cleveland's the land. I'm not yep. sure if they've used it before, but yeah, I yeah, that's been a, a long, not relatively, not long, but relatively long-running thing. Um, probably the first time they used it was a sort of mid the second coming of LeBron, I think. Yeah. Uh, Clippers one is cool, I guess, and um, looks like the Miami Miami Heat is by far and, and gone now from there. Uh, Miami, <laughs> what is it, Miami Nights days, yeah. and they're going with more the uh, serial killer left a note look. What they've done there is is taken <laughs> um, <laughs> taken sort of all their past city jerseys and put them together, kind of thing. So that's a, uh, yes. a font from different different city jerseys. I see. I think yep. they had the reverse last year with the black version. Okay. Yep. That's starting to ring a bell now. Yeah. Anyway, uh, links are in the podcast apps episode description. If you click through to that, take you to the NBA website. Each of the images are there. If you click on those images, they will take you through to the specific um, blogs or briefs on each of those designs. Sticking in the US for a second, this is from the Carolina Panthers YouTube channel. Former Panther Lou Young got in the lab to cook up the perfect uniform as the Panthers debuted the all-black look on Thursday night. Have you seen that video, Nick? Yeah, speaking of your mad scientist crazy vibe. Yes. (laughs) This is a bit bit sort of not Joker-ish, but kind of that vibe. and. that's pretty cool to watch so um awesome awesome helmet awesome uniform and cool little way of announcing it all yeah correct me if i'm wrong i'm pretty sure the the helmet was announced and released earlier right it was more just a hype video in the leader yeah Yeah, Yeah. i thought so uh i just the production value i mean they got some past and current players there i think um it was a really fun you know video to watch and yeah. I don't think they got the result that they wanted on the field, but um, <laughs> definitely a lot of comments on the, the Panthers pages around the media team being on point. Yeah. I was going to save this one till our third uh, co-host was back, but you know, it'll be forgotten by the time if, if I don't include it. So this is actually via LinkedIn um, through editor Sandra Latham. Nike opens Web3 store. Nike is betting its loyal customers will follow it deeper into the metaverse. After the uh, late 2021 acquisition of digital fashion firm RTFKT, the sneaker and apparel giant has unveiled Dot Swoosh, a Web3 platform where Nike can showcase virtual creations. It also aims to build a community where users can buy, trade, and eventually co-create all manner of digital sneakers and other virtual Nike products. For now, Dot Swoosh is an available as an invite-only basis, very exclusive, and Nike won't drop its first digital collection until January. 
Nike already has a massive lead on arrivals when it comes to making money in the metaverse. Vogue Business reports it claims more than $185 million in Web3 product revenue, while the Stripes has about 11. That's because the Stripes are better and they're not on this bullshit. I still stand by we're looking at something that long-term is going to exist. This version will probably crumble or this iteration will slowly die off, but give it another 10 years and there will be a hell of a lot more happening, maybe 15, hell of a lot more happening in the virtual space. Guarantee it. I guarantee uh, it. I don't sure. like it, <laughs> but that's what it's going to be. No, I completely agree. It's definitely going to be a thing in future, but if I'm buying shoes, I want them on my feet. When you're hooked up to a matrix and you're in a bed all day, the only shoes you'll be buying are digital ones that you walk around on your digital feed in your digital world. Heard it here now. I hope it's after I'm dead. You won't get me on it, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I'll go and live in a, a cult somewhere out in the bush before you get me on a virtual wild, wild world. country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, this is from olympics.com. Paris 2024 reveals Fregez mascots. The official mascots have been revealed by the local organizing committee called Fregez. The tribe of mascots are named after the iconic French hats. Their designs is an evolution of this unique piece of cultural heritage, which throughout history has symbolized freedom. We're getting... A lot more abstract with our mascots these days, aren't we? I was going to yeah, ask you because I don't really know what to think of this one. Um, kind of similar to the like headscarf Qatar World Cup mascot that we'll be mm. talking about in a little bit. Mm. Um, I mean, it's good to see the have the, the both Olympic and Paralympic together. Um, it's become more of a trend over the past few years yeah, is sure. it's, it's all one and the same nearly or from the same family uh oh, yes you're right it's very abstract yeah gone are the days of animals or uh geez i can't even think i was gonna think it's like icons uh, even but a jalapeno for the mexico 1986 world cup okay all right. Well, I stand corrected then. Maybe it's always just been this unusual. <laughs> Aston Villa. Now, being our football roving reporter, I thought you would have been on top of this a hell of a lot earlier to bring to the bring to the show. Well, I knew the yeah. So Aston Villa's had a had a logo change. They've had quite a lengthy process with uh, a logo review and then uh, fan surveys and input. Um, then designs and and voting and they've released their new logo this week yeah so i've sort of known it's been coming for a little while but just yeah past <laughs> past over <there> this <laughs> week actually being released um but yeah they've done what a lot of football teams are doing recently and gone for for that sort of circle logo uh they've dropped a lot of the yellow that was one of the things the the fans sort of wanted was yellow to not be so dominant so now just the text is uh, around the circle and then the claret and blue is, is the real feature the lion has been redrawn and and made to look a lot better uh i'd say uh, and then 
the direction's been flipped as well. So it now looks to the right. Um, yeah, looking forward, as as they say in Logo World. Forward facing, yeah, we talked yeah. about that a few weeks ago. Uh, I have included in the podcast app description a um, couple of links there, one just about the announcement, and there's also a second one which goes through and includes a bit of a video prior to the final vote which had the two options there one being the is it a gas lamp is that the yeah that was the sort that's of the shape that they kind of used going with or the the rounded one i found the um one of the sort of feedback points from the fans was they didn't like the original shape of the shield uh so i was quite interested that the gas lamp one got so far being how similar the two shapes were uh, mm. i do i do think the that one was a better version than the current logo, but uh, yeah, I'm not surprised the circles won out with the era we're in in football logos. Yeah, I loved them both. To be completely honest yeah, with you, I think either way they either way that the fans would have voted, they were getting a massive improvement across the board. The line is the line work on the line, the detailing at you know even at a small level, you're getting such an improvement. It looks stronger, it looks fiercer, it looks more detailed, it actually looks a little bit more iconic, dare I say. Um, sitting in that gas lamp shape or sitting in the, the rounded shape, both strong. Um, they have shifted it from AVFC to Aston Villa, written in the text too. Yeah, yep. that was another important thing for the fans as is, is they wanted the full full name on the badge rather than just the initials. Mm. Uh, so ma- massive improvement all round. I think the, the line itself might have gone through a slight tweak after the final voting, losing some of the detailing, which you know is a slight shame, but perhaps um, required if we're looking at it at smaller sizes. Um, but yeah, massive improvement and interesting that they've gone through the voting process at, you know, I'm always skeptical with these things as how yep. much it's been massaged and even looking at early correspondence, you're seeing the circular, um, the historical circular logo on a lot of the campaign um, letters that they were using. But in any case, apparently they had a full committee and a whole, a whole lot of fan involvement and I think they've done a great job. Yeah, I think this is one of the more more genuine fan involvement ones, isn't it? And so surprising to actually come out with something that is so successful. Usually when you, you have so many different voices from different directions, there's a lot of back and forth around getting the end result, mm. a good result, sorry. Lee Leopards from Instagram, who says a leopard can't change its spots? We listened to the feedback and now we are ready to pounce. We can now present our finalised 2022-2023 Super League kit and polo shirt. How no. is this not How is this not a piss take, eh? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's still happening. How? All right, so what have they actually changed here? Uh, they've added some maroon panelling. I think the leopard or cheetah, as it was, wasn't it, has gotten bigger. Um, uh, Jaguar. Jaguar. Are the claw marks new on the back? Yes. Oh, my God. This is... 
Talk about digging yourself a hole. This might be the longest running practical joke in history, surely. Could this be worse? using the Jersey dynasty font. As in you... Uh, the, the number the, and name font is a dynasty brand font. <laughs> as in it's dynasty's owned font? Oh, or is it just a font that I mean, you incorporate in your brand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny the things you pick up when you're working on that stuff all the time, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that color, that such and such, or I know that font. I know that material code. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is... My God, uh, like we've hung shit on the dolphins this year. <laughs> uh, if you're not hanging shit on the leopards, you don't deserve to be hanging it on the dolphins because this is a whole lot worse. Uh, this is a hundred times worse. And last one, fresh off the rank today as we record at around 840 on a Tuesday night, 15th of November, for anyone playing at home. Gold Coast Titans 2023 home jersey from titans.com.au. The Gold Coast Titans have today unveiled their new home jersey for season 2023. Bold, bright, and blue, the new jersey reflects the city and community it represents with the traditional club colours of sun, which is the gold, sea, which is the navy, and surf, which is the cyan, shining through. As our dynasty representative here today... Yeah, um, a few words. Oh, not too much to say. It was sort of before I arrived, but um, yeah, Kit did this one. Uh, we're pretty happy with the response it's gotten. Uh, mostly positive. People seem to be liking it. Um, I think he just mentioned to me he wanted me to reiterate that uh, the Titans see that cyan to navy fade as as their new identity, like or their their long term identity, like the the red V or or the manly with their maroon and, and white stripes. So, mm. um, it's kind yeah, of- that's where the Titans will be. And, um, yeah, stay tuned for the away jersey because in-house, I think we, we prefer that one a little bit more. Ooh. So, When's that one um, dropping? Can you give anything away? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not privy to that kind of detail. <laughs> I just see Corey. them get released and I'm oh, yeah, I did that. <laughs> it is... Even if it hasn't been publicly discussed or a statement has been made, that fade has been synonymous with the Titans from day dot, hasn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, I, I still have the memory of their first game at Suncorp Stadium in 2007, I want to say. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, just memories of, you know, running out in the home and away with that fade in there. And they've stuck with it and it is clearly their um their look and feel and brand you know yep. you, you get some clubs or teams or whatever that'll say this is who we are now like we could you know we've talked about panthers plenty of times they go through the licorice all sorts they go through the the teal they go through the black they go through the brown um you know purple you can, in there at one point <laughs> yeah purple in there absolutely so <laughs> you can hang a lot on the gold coast but one thing that you can't is to say that their identity has never been consistent over their uh what is it? Fifteen year um, existence. About, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess the the sort of main changes with this one from last season's the the fade's been flipped. Uh, so I don't think it matters which way for them the fade's going to be. And then this slight change in the yellow and white banding across the front. But yeah, it's it's evolution and it's it's a nice jersey. 
I legit just forgot that we need to include, I haven't included in the show notes, the Dolphins away. Yeah, I was going to say that when you brought them up earlier. <laughs> um, yeah, suddenly the uh, home doesn't look so bad and the heritage looks even better every time they release something. But mm. I don't know. The, the, the red piping doesn't work for me. I think keep that white and it would be an okay jersey. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess it's, it's more the, the layering up of things, isn't it, that's making it seem like it's a train wreck. If you look at these jerseys just individually, they're okay. They're not amazing, but they're not offensive in any way. So, uh, I think I said it in our episode four or five weeks ago. I've said it online a couple of times and I'll say it again now. I personally don't have a problem with the cream color that they're going with. I think you look at the 49ers. Yes, the tones aren't quite right. I'm sure that they'll play and adjust with those over the next two or three years. You know, I just had a. Mm. Um, positive rant about the Titans and and keeping their brand. Clearly, the Dolphins haven't quite found their spot yet, even though they've been in existence for a hell of a lot longer than the Titans have. But putting the colors aside, they'll work them out. They'll get there. They'll work out which color combinations work and which is their hero color and which isn't. It's the chevrons for me. The placement of those chevrons are just so unflattering. I don't care how fit you are. I don't care if you're yeah. a fullback or a full forward. Um, the placement of those chevrons are not a great yeah, place to be. That's, that's my main issue with it is how low they are. You bring them up um, and have a bit more red at the bottom, I think I think you've got a typical NRL jersey, don't you? Yeah. And in true fashion, NRL clubs can't work out what shorts they should be wearing when they're wearing away jerseys as well. So <laughs> to have an away jersey with that white top um, and then – the red chevron and the cream bottom and then red shorts is additionally just as horrendous. Like they would have been completely better off in my opinion, um, going with the cream shorts in that yeah. space. Um, you're not, you're not, you're not saving yourself, but at least you're making yourself look less like a candy cane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. Hey, Nick. What? Should we talk about FIFA world cup logos? Yeah. All right. I love being enthusiastic. We must. No, no. No, let's go. (laughs) You want to go first or shall I Um, start things off? I guess sort of as a big overview, um, the tournaments or the first tournament was in 1930 in Uruguay uh, and up until sort of, uh, what is it, 1950, there was no real club tournament, uh, club, sorry, club tournament logo. Uh, so you ended up with posters for the first four events. Obviously, there was no World Cup in 1942 and 46 for obvious reasons. So that first era is is very artistic poster style. And then uh, from 54 until 66, the sort of host countries had full say over the logo designs. So interestingly, all the logos ended up being circles. So it's funny how even though they all had full say that there's sort of that circle world era of logos after the posters. And then from 1970 onwards, FIFA started sort of uh, adopting a official logo for their tournaments. So um, mm. three, probably four very distinct eras. You've got the, the poster era up until 1958, really, although it stopped in 1950 officially. Then the, the sort of football, 
Telstar classic hexagonal style football logo up until 94, 98-ish. And then from 2002 onwards, you sort of get that Mm -hmm. modern design for print, design for uh, online sort of colorful, bright, yeah. More branding logo style, yeah, yep. The posters still carry on now, correct? I know in my research I found in in the two that I intend to talk about that there was still posters, an official poster for the FIFA World Cup. Yep. Yeah, the official posters and, and mascots have been all the way through as well. Yeah. It's, it's funny, isn't it, when you look back through all of these um, and they will be included on the highlights on our Instagram, uh, it's very much a time capsule for the time, isn't it? Like it's you're getting some art that is really uh, iconic for those periods, which I guess you would expect. But it's funny to look back on and go, "Oh, yep, yeah, that's that's clearly you know 1934 or yeah, yeah, <laughs> whatever else you know." Um, yeah, you yeah, think of yeah. posters you see in sort of movies, period piece movies, and and that's the exact sort of vibe you get. So yeah. And then even the art styles when you're looking at those logos over time and you think, oh, you know, they couldn't render gradients then or, you know, particularly I think, you know, certain art styles or, you know, they could start to use computers now. And, um, yeah, it's it's actually really enlightening to go back and look through it all. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I guess if we look at the first era, the poster era, something, I mean, none of them are great by today's standards but they're all very interesting and very sort of different to each other uh i quite like the the flag sock one that's quite detailed (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and something quirky brazil yeah 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 the brazil 1950 yeah Um, yeah something quirky i kind of noticed about them all just from a typography and design senses the the kerning and the letters, it, all the text is kind of justified mm. at each end. So you end up on all of them with, with big gaps between certain letters. Could on pick some up some of them. <laughs> and uh, all of them early on feature both a ball and a somewhat version of a human, but not complete. Yeah. So you you know you're missing waist down on that very first one. You're missing the arms on the 34. You're missing the top half, 38. You just, as you said, you're just getting the foot and shin and slight knee of the 50. Um, and then, yeah, we move away from from people for for some time, but pretty much over all of them, there's the ball. The ball's there. Yeah, yeah, especially through the the 70s and 80s. Eh? you get mm-hmm. you get that classic hexagon design. Um, I guess the the next era, yeah, you'd probably say from fifty four to sixty six is that self designed era. Um, so it's amazing how similar they all come out when it's fully under the the host country's gaze. Um, mm-hmm. Probably getting to the point where they can start doing things, maybe not on computers fully, but things are starting to get easier. Um, also. It- different and time just hyper detailed right <laughs> yeah and a different time in the world where 
the the branding in the way that it is now from an advertising perspective isn't wasn't necessary either. Like you look at that 1966 England World Cup one, like it's got the the England shield in it for God's sakes. You would never you would never see that on a, on a FIFA World Cup logo now. But same the it, literal Chilean flag. Like yes, you get elements of flags, but not the flag. Same as the Swiss one in '54. Yeah, so I think it was from a different time where it was nearly, you know, a, a festival of the location, which it still is, but it's different now. Like yeah. the Olympics, it's it's different. It's all advertised. It's all branding. It's all really locked down and restricted, and and it's 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 controlled by by the powers above. Whereas at the time, you know, it was a lot more innocent, and you could really embrace and celebrate. Uh, the Union Jack flag as part of the logo um, in that way. You know, we still we still see it now to an extent, not not so much in, in FIFA World Cup logos, but, um, yeah, just a more innocent time for sure. For sure. So what are your favourites here? Uh, I, going through all of them, my favourites. Uh, well, I actually do like Qatar's. Yeah, I... Um, I think it's so clean. We we should probably mention just before we we talk into that the other trend that that kind of happened, particularly over the last three World Cups, is yeah. encapsulating the the trophy in the logo. I don't know how you went through all of your research. Through all of my research, I didn't really find anything that strictly stated that this needed to be done. But it seems like it is something that has been uh, enforced from FIFA. And prior to that, a, a trend over the, the previous three, which was the adoption of that Korea-Japan logo through Germany and South Africa's as well, um, that that stylized human with the ball, maybe they're catching, maybe they're kicking, I'm not too sure, um, but that's that, that carried over in Germany and into South Africa as well. So I don't know whether there was a directive there for that, but it seems really odd that it would be there without some sort of um, push from above. So I think they've they've found themselves now. I think it's quite a difficult job to design something with that shape in mind. But in my mind now, outside of Brazil, Brazil's is fine, but, you know, it's very... Needs a lot of work, in my opinion. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of the Russian one, which yep. I will talk about. I'm a big fan of the uh, Qatar one as well. Um, I think if we're looking back, poster-wise, I definitely love the sock and boot one. Um, I quite like Italy's as well, simple. Uh, so, so that's uh, 1990, Italy. Yeah, that sort of 3D effect, isn't it? It's almost uh, one of those glitch type effects yeah what you see in tiktok (laughs) um one i actually found quite interesting just in that 90s era is the france one i didn't know what it was until this week but it's the globe yeah it's the football rising above the globe so yeah as a logo it's a bit whatever but once you sort of learn what's behind it it gets better i dig it uh, yeah, I, I actually picked up on it. Um, yeah, when I first saw it, but I was struggling to work out where. Yeah, look at me go. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I was struggling to see where, what continent, where on the globe specifically it's supposed yeah. to be, or is it just um, some Earth? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think. Oh, and when you talk about Korea's two thousand two, Korea Japan, and then from then onwards, they're the well, that was the first one to officially hold their FIFA logo as well. So oh, even yes. though FIFA yep. had control of it from nineteen seventy. It wasn't until the 2000s where, where their logo became part of the logo. Yeah, locked in and formed. Yeah, and you've seen that across um, ever since. Yeah, Probably that first one, um, to be honest, and, and the, the best used, I would say. Maybe the, the, the more previous two as well. Brazil doesn't hold up for me in any, in any place, but, um, yeah, that korea japan lock up with the fifa world cup above it works really well as eh? well mm. all right what do you got um well i jokingly said mexico wins last week thinking we were talking about the country's jersey logos not the world cup logos <laughs> but i'll stick to i'll stick to mexico um so <laughs> the the 1986 logo which is the better of the two in my opinion although they're both pretty similar in terms of the font they've used and then the use of the hexagonal football mhm um so yeah the 86 one was de- developed by Ruben Santiago Hernandez and debuted in 1983 uh and was teamed with PK the jalapeno chili pepper mascot that i mentioned earlier <laughs> Um, and he was designed by uh, a company called sport billy productions in he came out in 1984 uh the mark visualizes the world united by ball slogan uh so the two sort of major sides of the world on each side of the football (laughs) no australia or new zealand in there uh and then the typography references the famous Lance Wyman 1986 Mexico Olympics mm. logo, uh, as as did the 1970 World Cup logo. So for some reason, that sort of font style has always jumped out to me. Uh, I've always quite liked that triple line or, or double line in the 86K style. Uh, and the current Mexico football team logo has gone for a similar typeface as well. Yeah. So, it's iconic that font, isn't it? Yeah. It it always does remind you of mid to late twentieth century World Cups or Olympics or Yeah. I know uh in two thousand and six the Adidas jersey number font was was similar to that with sort of four four lines going through their numbers. Oh yeah. Four lines. Four lines, not three. Jesus. They had the three on the Maradona Argentina jerseys. Someone was drunk. <laughs> and another one, I won't I won't go on about it for too long, but I find it funny is two hands holding the Argentina 78 ball. And then eight years later, in 86, in that during that Mexico World Cup, the Argentinians <laughs> decided it was rugby. So of course their logo <laughs> looks like two hands holding a ball. Retrospectively, uh <laughs> Adding meaning to something that probably wasn't there between 78 and 86. <laughs> Very good. I like that. Uh, and, yeah, I guess I looked further into the the Korea-Japan one as well. That's sort of the one that I guess 
gets most of the recognition. Uh, one of the ones that was very well received. Okay. Uh, and it was actually the, the first World Cup in Asia. Mm. Uh, the second one being this year in Qatar, although um, very Middle Eastern Asia. This is also the first time that, that two countries had, had shared a World Cup. So Korea, Japan. And the first, like I mentioned, the first major FIFA tournament to use the the slanted letters word mark, which is the FIFA logo. Uh, and it yep. was created by the brand, uh, the company Interbrand uh, in London in consultation with offices in Tokyo and Seoul, so Korea and Japan. Uh, and it was the first time in the history of the event that the sort of World Cup trophy was the sort of main feature of the logo design. Uh, the blue and the red, obviously, Korea and Japan, the text there. Oh, it is the trophy. Yep. <laughs> I do see it now. Duh. There you go. Ta- you, can, you can take the bragging rights on that one. <laughs> uh, and then the the zeros in the 2002 are sort of in, an infinity symbol, which is signifying unity uh, in, in Asia. Uh, and then it's all locked up in a circle, uh, which is quite significant in, in Asian culture, uh, representing harmony and the balance of yin and yang uh, and the duality of nature as well. So, Going back to that flag chat two or three weeks ago. Too. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that was another one that was well-received and probably one of the sort of pivotal World Cups as well, just in terms of, what it did for the the two countries hosting and and how Korea played at the tournament. What do you think of the image mark itself of that two thousand and two? I definitely think it's it begins an era. Uh, you can sort of see from from two thousand two through to uh, sort of twenty ten, or probably two thousand yeah twenty ten. Not quite in the full gradient space yet, so it's definitely designed for for more print. Uh, and then from 2014 onwards, you get that sort of video-style logo, very gradient-heavy, uh, something mm-hmm. more difficult to embroider or, or print in terms of screen print and stuff. Yep. Um, but no, I think the logo works well. First time they incorporated the, the trophy, and, and that's not out of place. The circle locks it up well and like you said earlier the the text all fits very nicely underneath can't believe i didn't see the logo <laughs> <laughs> i've been looking at it for a week and i just thought it was a human i think it, it is but, partially that too <laughs> but that's great yeah i don't mind it hey it's definitely different it's definitely not something i've seen a lot of like and it was a huge they, change from from the twenty years before. Oh, absolutely! Like you look at the the theme prior to that, um, you know, it would have taken a fair bit of balls actually to to go quite different. I'm thinking, well, because Sydney 2000 was around that time, so it's kind of got sort of similarities in that space of Sydney 2000. 2000, I'm pretty sure, had soft gradients like that kind of had that movement kind of look to it. Yep. Um, what was after Sydney for the Olympics? Athens. Athens yeah. Yeah, which went back to a little bit more still rather than the movement. Because it was the the sort of going back to the home of the modern Olympics, wasn't 
Yeah, heavy blue features with the wreaths and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I actually, I like it. This 2002 logo unconventionally, I think like the, there's different thicknesses of the, well, I think it's different thicknesses of the stroke lines or if it's not, it's an optical illusion. You've got those radial gradients that are off center a little bit. Um, there's no like gold lockup around the outside, which is something that you would see or, you know, some sort of lockup on the outside. The logo is open as well. When we're looking at it, that, that far, you know, that 10 o'clock yep. um, kind of space. So, um, yeah, but at the same time, you know, you know when things are a little bit ugly but they're still cute? That's, <laughs> that's the kind of vibe I'm getting at there. <laughs> he approves. Yeah, I approve. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so the first one that I picked was 2010 South Africa. So it was... Uh, shortlisted from 25 companies with five of them asked to submit five designs. The designs had to reflect FIFA, the World Cup football, and the African continent. The potential 2010 World Cup logos were then presented to a panel of uh, local committee and FIFA representatives. The design was the first choice for both of those appointed panels, so it was by far the best. It was released in July 2006 to mixed reactions publicly and was designed by graphic designer Gabby de Abreu, co-founder of the Johannesburg design company Switch Design. Gabby had worked on other logos uh, for the Springbok rugby team uh, and the African Nations Cup soccer event. So the logo itself, the footballer doing the kick, uh, was done in a sand or rock uh, painting style. And uh, Gabby said, I thought that the best way of showing off African flair would be the bicycle kick. If you score a goal from a normal kick, people forget it very quickly. But if you score from a bicycle kick, you hear about it for years and years. Um, which, you know, it's probably a fair call, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, the, the the convergence of lines towards South Africa and the and uh, the continental image is intended as a metaphor to represent the diversity and energy of African soccer flair. The African continent is featured because it's the first time the event was held in the continent, um, and it was the South African identity was further incorporated in the South African flag colours into the design. Gabby stated that it worked on it for six months before it was unveiled, unveiled. <laughs> um, and he received many compliments from numerous African delegates when they, um, when they saw Africa rather than just South Africa represented in the logo. Interestingly, or coincidentally, the same firm, um, Switch, won the, the right to do the poster as well. And he said, designing the poster enabled Switch to share the unique magic between Africa and the world of soccer. Africa is intimately connected to soccer. We saw this as our chance to tell Africa's story, how the game has transformed and, and inspired the continent and how we in turn have added our own spirit and flair to the game. What are your thoughts on the actual logo? No, this is another super interesting logo. Uh, I yeah, again, I, like you say, I really like that they've they've used the whole of Africa, uh, and 
the way the South African flag is incorporated into it as well. Very creative, mm. um, not just your literal flag. Uh, and yeah, it has that African sort of culture, doesn't it, with the way the the figure is drawn, uh, and this this style of logo with that sort of square rectangle lock up with the FIFA World Cup sort of text in it mm-hmm. uh, was a, quite a, a widely used uh, sort of style during that that period of of FIFA logos. So you'll see a lot of the age group World Cups with that same sort of rectangle. Hmm. Yep, that lockup was used across a whole lot of collateral, wasn't it? Um, yeah, no mention in there that I could find, as I said earlier, about that uh, that shield, uh, the trophy that's featured in the top right. But obviously, that would have had to have been enforced. Otherwise, I can't imagine that it needed to be there. Yeah. Um, it's got a level of personality to it. I personally don't love it, but I was very interested to look into this one and read about it and, and understand, you know, the elements of it. Visually, it's not the most appealing for me. I think there's a lot of clashes of colours in there, the black on the that forest bottle green colour, um, not bottle but um, green colour, um, and then through the red and then the orange as well. Um, heaps of detailing in the ball or you know, level of detail of colour in the ball, but then not so much on the, the rest. Um, yeah, the ball's the only thing that's sort of super 3D, eh? Yeah, even though it's not, but just the way that it's been coloured and shaded yeah. it, um, it gives that illusion. So, uh, you know, I, 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 overall I do like it, but I don't love it. Um, but it first and foremost, or most importantly, it has a... a an identity and a level of personality to it, which I was gravitated towards to to understand more. Yeah, and that's something, I guess, in the two thousands era that that has really come into it. Eh, is they've all got that sort of playful personality, a party aspect to it, which is, you know, what you want the World Cup to be—a a celebration of of the sport that you're playing. And my second one that I'm bringing to the table today, and I think this is probably my favourite, is the Russia 2018 logo. Oh. So as we've mentioned and and discussed, is that during this period they've they've taken the the trophy a, a little bit more literal, I guess, as far as incorporating it or the visual style. Um, similar to what we see with the Olympics and whatever else these days, you have your logo and it's kind of iconic, but it still marries uh, with a a suite across everything else. So the Russia 2018 logo was uh, revealed on the International Space Station in October 2014. It was designed by uh, firm Brandi Brandi Central um, and Russia's theme was pioneering in space or heavily pioneering and space themed (laughs) um which i think you can work out from the the reveal uh from fifa's official press release the shape of the official emblem of russia 2018 takes on the universally recognizable outline of the world cup trophy while the bold use of red gold black and blue in the emblem's color palette was inspired by centuries-old techniques seen in world-renowned Russian art dating back to the earliest icon paintings. The magic ball at the top of the emblem puts the world's love of football into the spotlight and the components of the emblem take together blend, uh, taken together blend unique attributes of the World Cup 
and of Russia as host nation. It unites magic and dreams and the competition will do millions for fans in 2018. That's from FIFA. So the logo itself, uh, if we're looking at it visually, check out the highlights on our Instagram. Uh, the top the top of the logo is the uh, magic windows. Rounded windows invite you to participate in new FIFA World Cup discovery as well as reinforcing the shape of the magic football. Um, below that is liftoff, I guess, uh, the symbolism of the dynamic propulsion of the spaceship as it lifts off becomes a metaphor for the anticipation of an intense and magical tournament. Um, we do still have somewhat of a, a little man down in the bottom left there. The rising movement um, is reminiscent of lifting the FIFA World Cup trophy in celebration. Um, right in the middle on the right side as well, another little dude in there. Yeah, so the human dream, that's the one you're referring to there. The people element represents the exuberance of football players and excitement of fans as well as mankind's ambition to reach for the stars. Uh, along the top, the magic football that focuses attention on the world's love of football and plays homage to Sputnik and uh, towards the base of the trophy there, the bright stars depicting football stars as well as stars in the sky along with the fairy tale glitter and sparkle that creates a magical FIFA World Cup trademark experience for players <laughs> and fans alike. Yeah, I I love the colour combos in this. I love that blue, the red, the gold, the black. It all works for me. The shape, as I said, it's quite a difficult shape to work with, but in my mind, I think they've they've managed to achieve, you know, in my mind, something, you know, quite nice um, and appealing. The font is unique as well. Yeah, I, I really like the detailing in the logo as well. They've mentioned the stars, but also those minor dots that you get between the, what they're quoting is the magic windows just those small finer details being locked up in that gold kind of gradient those that two-tone two-tone gradient gives it that metallic type effect the lockup works well with the fifa world cup yeah i'm a big fan and the branding that went with it too which we're probably running out of time of to talk about today but there's a whole lot of uh illustrations that carried over with um with that logo and, and used in the tournament um which yeah just added that little bit more Russian personality to it uh, and used, yeah, across the event, which, yeah, was really appealing to me. No, I completely agree with, with pretty much everything you've said there. It's probably my favourite of the, God, however many there's been at this point. The modern ones. The 12, 22-ish World Cups. Oh, probably all of them, to be honest. Yep. Um. Yeah, the only thing... That sort of gets me is the A in Russia, a little bit dodgy. Okay. But <laughs> I, like you say, I, I like everything about it. the color. The red's really bold and strong. Uh, I love those little 3D effects, how the gold looks raised on it. Uh, and then the blue, blue's a really nice contrast to that red as well. Yeah. It's a good one. She's good. And what about Qatar, the newest of the bunch? Yes. Yes. It is an appealing, visually appealing design. I will give it that. Have you got some information on it? Now, so the emblem was designed by Unlock, uh, a studio based in, in Lisbon, Portugal, uh, and it was officially unveiled in September 2019. You like that? Unveiled? Yeah, it's unveiled uh, or unveiled? <laughs> it was unveiled for the first time in the Qatari capital of Doha. 
uh, and it was before being beamed onto countries' key landmarks uh, around Qatar and also around the world, uh, major cities including New New York, Buenos Aires, Sao Paulo, uh, and many others. Yeah, the logo takes inspiration or its central form takes inspiration from the traditional woolen shawl uh, worn during the Mm. winter months uh, around the Arabic world, uh, obviously in the shape of the iconic FIFA World Cup trophy. Mm -hmm. Uh, The garment also, controversially, alludes to the tournament start dates, the first time the FIFA World Cup will ever be held in the northern winter, which has created a huge amount of controversy. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Having to cut off the European season for the World Cup. They'll get over it. Uh, And the emblem also draws attention to the symbol infinity, which is said to represent the interconnected nature of the event. The similarity with the number eight links nicely too, with the number of stadiums being used. Mm. Uh, And interestingly, Qatar, yeah, the second one held in Asia, like we mentioned earlier, and probably the first to be held in what is effectively the size of a city. So eight stadiums. Is that right? Uh, Yeah. Eight stadiums all in basically one city. I think Qatar as a country is is smaller than Brisbane almost. So Jesus. um, Imagine fitting eight. Well, I suppose we would come close to eight stadiums, but not to the capacity that that has. Yeah. So Gabba, Suncorp, Ballymore. Jeez, do you get away with Gold Coast in that too? Like that's probably (laughs) not Brisbane, is it? The um the World Cup sort of being said to to be well, it's looking like it might not be a very well attended World Cup due to sort of the controversy surrounding it, the human rights talk around it. Uh, but yeah, still all the world's media, uh, for sure, hundreds of thousands of fans, all in all in that tight space is going to be interesting. You're talking uh, from a participation point of view, or from a from um, a, a fan engagement, point. yeah, point of view, yeah. Yeah, they would. I recall there was a heavy push for a little while to convince people to come take a holiday in Qatar. But yeah, post COVID to start with, and also the other all of the other things that are being raised in the media, it's hard to convince a few people. As a as a logo, so, though, I, I I quite like this one. I do think probably a, a second to Russia. Uh, headscarf the sort of shawl looks looks quite nicely designed in that world cup shape uh as we know the mascot follows the same sort of theme mm. you've got that nice arabic sort of art style print over it as well yeah a, se- a second to you mate i think outside of the russian one i actually do probably think this is my favorite too i think they've started to find some good form um working with this logo the maroon or that is it maroon is it that pink i suppose it's their their national colors right it's on their flag the the white and maroon it works really well here i think it's you know executed nicely the the detailing that they've got on there the even just the tones of white that are used um across the the logo it's it does have that 3d shape and element to it. it nearly looks like it's rendered in 3d i don't know whether that illus- it's an illustration or it's a 3d render but 
um, yeah, it's actually a beautiful logo. For sure. Uh, I think the, the text is probably works better than the Russian one either, even as well. Yep. It has that little bit of Arabic flair to it. Yep. The big space between a couple of the letters and now that that's a, a real cool font kind of was hoping some teams would almost do that kind of Jersey name and number font. Oh uh, yeah. On it. I know when it was announced that it was going to be in Qatar, I played around with it and just some random concepts that I did for fun mm-hmm. during COVID um, that has never seen the light of day. So, No, it's a good one. They've definitely found their form. Uh, who's next? Who's after Qatar? Uh, USA, I'm pretty sure. Joint. Joint one, yeah. Second, this will be the second one that's joint. It's Canada, USA, and Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. There yeah. you go. The first, yep. uh, the first one to also have 48 teams, so extended from the usual 32. Uh, oh. and it's going to be held in 16 host cities. So it's going to make it more difficult for Australia to ever win one. <laughs> New Zealand <laughs> might actually get to qualify for one, though, which will be nice. Oh, they, yeah. That's what it's all about. They're competing against the Olympics, aren't they? They've been threatening that they're going to have one every two years now, not every four. They're just trying to make themselves bigger and better. I think officially the FIFA World Cup is the highest viewed sporting event in the world. Yeah, the Olympics you're right. Second, doesn't it? Yep. Might have to find my way over to that one. You got some time to plan for it. So what? When, when did you say that was? Sorry. Twenty twenty six. Yeah, like months, or it doesn't specify. Oh, uh, June or July. So they're back to the regular. Okay. Like programming scheduling for FIFA World yeah. Cups. <laughs> yeah. So we should be then getting pretty close to seeing a logo for that then. Yeah, I don't think it'll be too far away. I haven't equipped around. Getting a sniff of something. Yeah, can't see anything too official. Uh but two or three years out. But yeah, we're getting close and uh if Qatar's logo came out, I think it said three years beforehand, we'll we'll be getting close to this one as well. Excellent. Hey, let's start to wrap this up, eh? Yep. So, listeners, if you're still with us, thank you. Whew. No, we're, we're doing all right. Um, if you have any opinions or suggestions um, on today's topic, please let us know. Um, as we said, shoot us an email or uh, message us, comment or tag us at the Field of Design podcast. Oh, sorry, at Field of Design podcast. What's your favorite, the World Cup logos? Um, as well as the posters, should we be seeing more of that old school style brought back in for posters? I'd be interested to know. Uh, if you have any suggestions for future episodes or if there's anything that's out and about that we have missed in the news, you can also please reach out. Uh, we do have a couple of messages via Instagram. This is from Sam underscore grains on Instagram. Uh, loving the highlights really helps when listening to the podcast for lazy people like me. Um, appreciating the efforts. He does say here, pity that the stories can't be kept for longer. So just a reminder that, yes, we do post on the stories first up, but then they do swing over to our highlights on the Instagram's um, home feed page or our feed page. So click the circles there, look for the episode number and away you go. Uh, We also have a couple of messages from our good friend, Dane. 
commenting on the Rafa logo. Quick glance, I thought this was the Rocks logo. This is uh, relating to last week's episode, and that's actually probably one that we did miss, Nick, that would be would have been good to mention. So we'll have to put that in the bank for next time. Project Rock. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I've found myself buying plenty of that merch lately. Um, bit of UA in the closet now. Rather you than like just what the editor. Rock's cooking? I do like what he's cooking. And he's also commented here on the CR7 in the Portugal Thunderbolt format, uh, quite possibly the worst ever logo to be made. I can't disagree with you possibly. there, Dane. And, yeah, that's all I had in the letterbox. What about you? You got anything else? Uh, yeah, so I got a message over on LinkedIn um, from a, a friend over in – well, not a friend, but a, a listener to the – to the pod over in Western Australia and saying it's great to hear from from fellow industry professionals uh, and love the commentary through the show. So thank you to everyone for listening and, and hope you're enjoying it. Uh, we're definitely improving as we go and we'll, we'll be getting more guests on and, and getting better every it's time. It's a great point. If if only we could go back and say, listen, Listen now and work your way backwards. <laughs> if you if you're on episode one, <laughs> don't start on episode one. Start where start at the start where we are now and work backwards because we've we've definitely come a long way um, since those first few episodes. I also did get a few messages on LinkedIn too, so I'll, I'll remember to have a look at those next time. As you say, yeah, yeah, we might have the a third person back with us next week. It might be Kit, or we might just find someone from off the street. So. Yeah, fair call, mate. Um, yeah, hopefully everyone's on board next week. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you're getting those notifications as soon as the next episode comes out. Keep an eye on our Instagram for stories and posts as well as some polls going up very shortly for your thoughts on our awards episode towards the end of the year only a few episodes left don't forget to share the podcast with anyone who you believe may be interested in hearing about the sports apparel and sports creative industry as mentioned we have plenty more guests on the way Uh, don't forget to leave us a review and some stars on your preferred podcast app nook how many stars uh let's go 22 that's the year we're in 22 world cup and from my quick glance i think that's the amount of world cups has been so i'll take your word for it let's hope i'm right on that thank you so much mate for talking world cup logos with me i actually had a lot of fun doing the research (laughs) staying up way too late looking into these and forgetting to actually take notes and just admiring the work that's come before us no worries always fun to to talk about probably my favorite sport sweet as and next week someone will be with us 